Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Laverick and on today's show we have Ramsgate boss Matt Longhurst talking developments both on and off the pitch at the Southwood Stadium and a whole lot more before our big clash on Saturday. Also on the show, we know he's hard to kill. The seagull is well and truly landed and is giving us regular updates from the women's camp after yet another dominant display, this time against Meridian, with pre- and post-match insights from Billy Wood. And in a segment I hope Dick Lankford would be here, I plug White Hawk the musical shamelessly for him. Get well soon, Dick. And if that wasn't enough, the boy toys Robbie Clifford and George Gasson join me for the roundtable. Enjoy, Hastings fans. Over to Ramsgate boss. Matt Longhurst. All right, so I have the great pleasure, Matt Longhurst here, Ramsgate manager. How long has it been you've been managing now for, by the way, Matt? Uh, I've been here a couple of years. I've had about 10 games because <laughs> obviously we haven't played. So I came in in January. So I came, oh, I've been about 18 months. So I came in January 2020. And uh, then obviously we stopped short in March. Then obviously did pre season and mm. then stopped in October. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's been a. Uh, Interesting. Well, uh, just because we're recording this on the twentieth, so you, this is just before your cup game, and I'm I'll quite happily cut this out if something horrible happens. All right, so don't worry. But you oh, got boy. you got Holland and uh, when I saw it, I had a look. I thought it was Holland and Barrett, but Holland, Holland and Blair. Um, yeah. that is a well, that is a banana skin. Um, yeah. What 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 do you fancy? I mean, obviously you, you must fancy chances there, but um. I mean, this won't come out till next week, so no, that's all right. A bit, but uh, like, uh, are you going to be taking your full side? Are you going to be uh, trying a few of the uh, squad players out? Uh, no, we take the full team. Yeah, it's, it, it, to be honest, we're a little bit like yourselves. Uh, I spoke to Chris. I spoke to Chris um, uh, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, um, we're, we're we're a little bit undercooked as well because we brought in a couple at the back end of preseason, mm. and also we've got. Uh, a few that have missed pre-season, not all the pre-season, but they've missed, like, Mitch Chapman had two holidays, but in between the holidays, he had to obviously isolate. So he missed five weeks of pre-season, whereas normally he would have missed two weeks. Um, but having to isolate either side of either holiday, uh, Tom Chapman and Rory still haven't been in. They're not back in until the end of September um, due to cricket, which again, normally they would have played cricket last year, but because they didn't yeah. play it last year, they didn't want to miss two years of it. Um so, yeah, pre-season has been a little bit bitty for us. Um, but you've just got to understand that, to be fair to the boys, I don't know. We've got two players going away in the next two weeks where they've had holidays booked and they've now, now they're now going to be now missing the next couple of weeks. But you just can't blame them. They're, they're boys yeah. that have got families that haven't been able to get away for 18 months. Yeah. And with the current climate, I just, I just normally I'd have a moan, but at the moment I just think you've just got to be acceptable of it, yeah. which is why we've got a bit of a bigger squad um, the club have been brilliant in fairness to uh, to James, the chairman, and Richard, the owner. They've kind of given me the license to go and bring in some extra bodies to um, to try to cope with uh, with the fixtures and obviously the boys that are missing. Oh, okay. Well, it's a bit of a bit of a bloody nightmare for you, you managers, isn't it? At the moment, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I've chat a little bit with Chris and that who um, has got you know said kind words about yourself as well because I was asking a few people about I mean that's probably what I wanted to kind of move on to I mean in terms of the way your style of football and what, yeah. you know, I mean you haven't had as you say you've only had eight games but from from what I've 
from what I've heard from various people, is that you like a like a high tempo game. You like you're a believer in youth. You know, you're you're a uh, sort of high energy game. Is that would that would that be? That yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, ever ever since when I when I got into coaching and managing years and years ago, now I've always been one of. I looked. I spoke to some uh, to some man. I was fortunate enough to be able to get in with a couple of football league clubs and speak mm. to their managers and. Looking at my, so from my point of view, I'm not going to manage Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. Or very unlikely. So what I looked at as a coach and a manager for my own progression was, if I'm going to go up the levels, I then potentially might get a conference job or conference south or Roman Prem job. Um, and to be able to do that, you need to be able to produce players. You need to be able to coach players. You need to be able to move players on. And you need to be able to build football clubs. Mm. Um, and, and so kind of, over the years from Corinthians with young players and the likes of Alfie May and Ryan Johnson that was there at the time. Obviously, Alfie's gone into the Football League, spent five years with me. Here from Belvedere, the same. Uh, lots of young players. Then I went to East Grinstead and had the likes of Greg Cundall, that's now Conference South. Travis Gregory's now in the conference. Charlie Harris now in the... There's so many young players. Um, and also, as a manager, I think if you don't bring young players through, when you do get the job, that you can then go and put all these players together. You don't have a pool of players because yeah. they've all finished. And I think that's happened to a number of managers that they've run out of a pool of players, never bothered to spend any time building young players. Yeah. And um, when their players are finished, their recruitment's over. Yeah. And, um, and there's a few managers that have gone out of the game that are decent managers but just can't recruit anymore because um, spent so long with a similar group. So yeah. I think that's... And I think that for me as well, like if you're going to look at what kind of manager you are, I want to develop players. I like developing the players. I like seeing young people get on uh, in the game and in life. Um, mm. And again, obviously, I've had a decent amount of success. Emmanuel Fernandez didn't have a club this time last year. I got him in. Uh, he was way too good for us. Way, way too good. Um, so I phoned Peterborough uh, with the contacts I had there. I said, look, you need to get him in. Just have a look at the kid. Like, he's 18, 19, six foot five, centre half. Quick, can play off both feet. It's just a no-brainer. They yeah. got him in. He trained for nine weeks with the first team. He got offered a two-year deal. He's played against Chelsea in pre-season. They're already talking about there's an opportunity for him. He's already been in the squad in, in, in the championship uh, club. So for me, that's and that's where we've now managed to get a lot of the, the boys we've got at Ramsgate now have come off the back of sort of buying into the fact that we've managed to help quite a lot of young players over the years. Um, and then the style of play... It suits those players. Um, obviously, we've, the club, again, have invested nearly a million pounds in the stadium. So the whole place looks so different now. The 3G is amazing. Being able to train on it regularly. Mm. Since I've been at Ramsgate, I haven't trained twice in a row. Um, we haven't had the training facility. Um, when I got here, there wasn't any training kit, track suits. It, uh, it was just all over the place, really. Um, and um, I think now the boys are now in training at the same venue twice a week. The training kit's hung up from, their towels are laid out from, uh, very similar to, to Chris and yourselves. Um, mm. If you want people to be professional and act professional, you've got to give them the environment that encourages that. 100%, um, 100%. And I think that's what what, what kind of I, it's, it's not for everyone, it doesn't have to be done like that, but for me, um, I think that's the way that I, I like to do things. Oh, nice one. What was I going to go? Yeah, so, so you, the Southwood Stadium, you, you mentioned... Uh, big investment there. I mean, what from a from a Cumble fans' point of view, when we wander there, what how impressive is it? No, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, we played Spurs here, and we had three thousand. Um, we've obviously we've got seventy six youth teams, 
So there's over a thousand kids in the club. Blimey. So yeah, so we've we've turned the. Who's your administrator? Blood. You know, oh, not me, not me. It's amazing the job they do. He's just phenomenal. They never yeah. seen him like it. The team. That's amazing. Like, that is incredible. That. No, it's incredible just to facilitate it um, on the pitch for training nights. Um, Ian Heath, who's the general manager of the club, and, and mm. Caroline, the, the, the youth secretary and the first team secretary, just literally night and day. Um, uh, yeah, phenomenal. But And all the coaches in the youth section are great in terms of the effort that goes in. But, yeah, obviously, we've got a young... The idea is, is to create a young fan base. Yeah. There's the more... These obviously a lot of non-league football is is a lot of older generations in terms of people that have watched these clubs for years. But people don't generally tend to spend too much time thinking, right, what happens when these guys are not around? Um, so we, we've kind of spent a lot of time. We've installed the panic cages in there so the kids can play. When we're playing you, we've actually invited your sevens and eights to play our sevens and eights on the pitch before oh, the game. Brilliant. So just so, so you know, so I can push it a little bit. So what, what time is that going to kick off? Is that going to be a yeah, last kick off at quarter, quarter past 12. Oh, okay. Quarter past 12. And then we've got a um, we've got the UK's number one children's entertainment company coming in for the kids. So when they finish playing the games, we're going to give them all some food, uh, all the kids oh. that are playing the games. And then there's a children's entertainer here for the whole afternoon up leading up until kickoff. Oh, brilliant. That's, that's a um, good touch, that. Yeah, so we've done that. We've, we, we flipped. There was a kind of an old shed, really, in the corner of the stadium that wasn't really used. It was used as a bit of a classroom. Mm. We've changed that into a glass-fronted bar. So it's glass all the way across the front, and it's got a brand-new bar and everything. It's all been redecorated. Well, so with and beer I'm, in it. Yeah, with beer. With beer yeah. in it, excellent. That's what Perfect, I like to hear. Exactly. So <laughs> what the idea of that is on training nights now, the parents yeah. sit and watch the kids train all week, Monday to Friday. And sit in the bar in the warm, drink oh, nice. food. Um, and obviously then on a match day, it becomes a sponsor's lounge, a corporate lounge, and also a general bar for the for the public um, supporters, etc. So, so Humble me. Humble me can get in there, yeah? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Excellent. 100%, yeah. So, so no, yeah. it's just, it's really just trying to create, an, again, an environment. Where, so mm. we want to inspire the kids in Fanit to want to play for Ramsgate because... Of course, they all want to watch the telly and play for Arsenal or Man United yeah. and all these other clubs. But realistically, if they can, it, it, it's achievable to play Ryman South or Ryman Prem mm. football, but in front of a thousand people. Yeah. And as a kid, that, that's aspirational to be able to go. Well, actually, this is, I could play here. Like I could get on that mm. pitch. So for our thousand kids, it's vital that, and they're getting to know the players now. We got our players come off the pitch, and we got four or five of our first team players here with me working on the soccer school this week. The kids know them. They come off the pitch. They want their autographs. They want to sign their boots. The players have been great spending time with them. Yeah, That's just right. really we're trying, to, trying to create some mentors for the young people in yeah. Fanet. It's a, Fanet itself is, is the, it's got the highest level of deprivation and unemployable and unemployment for 16 to 24-year-olds in the country. So it's just really trying to respire these people that they can. And then there's other jobs. They don't have to play for the team. They can work on the turnstiles. They can do the mm. programs. They can run the social media, work in the bar. Um, so it, it's just becoming a proper, what I would call it. It's a business, but it's a football club. It's a proper yeah. football club. It's not, it's not just a first team. Um, and as much as well, obviously we want results and obviously everyone would like results straight away. You've seen yourself, like it's taken Chris a number of times to build a team and build a yeah. football club and, Kind of Hastings, Maidstone from the past, from where to where they went from to where they are now, is a big blueprint for us. The style of football and the kind of the youth. Obviously, I think during pre-season you had twelve of your homegrown players in the first team squad, and yeah. I think that takes time. But Chris has been there four or five years now, and 
obviously ultimately you probably would have got promoted had it not been for for COVID. Yeah. Um, certainly not last year because you can't really say, but the year before was year about before. that. But yeah. I mean, we've kind of looked at, and also we've looked at the way that he's set the team up with with, with Craig and, uh, and Gary as a centre-halves, Pope through the middle, which gives you a bit of stability and experience. Obviously, Sammy Adams and Jack Dixon in midfield. And then you've obviously got a lot of the youngsters around that. So we, we've kind of looked at a similar a similar kind of model, really. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, like from, from our point of view, when we come along, who is going to give us nightmares? Hopefully all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there's a few, mate, to be yeah. fair. Jordan Chidozzi is a very, very talented centre-forward. Mm. Um, Joshua Jay is a, is, a, is, a, is a very, is a big threat. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've got, I mean, look, we've, we've got some talented young players, yeah. uh, a bit like yourself, but so we play you very early. Um, I would have liked this game, as much as I'm looking forward to it, I would have liked this game in six weeks' time. Because I think it would have been a really, really... It would, I still yeah. think it would be a good game, but I think in six weeks when we're both going, I think it would have been I'll, a I'm really, with you really on that. Game. Uh, yeah, we're both a bit undercooked at the moment. So, um, 100%. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, well, you know, um, obviously, you know, I've, I want Hastings to win. But, like, yeah. you know, you, 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 you do, it, from what you've been saying and what I've been checking out, like Ramsgate are doing everything the right way particularly like around like making the club a, a proper community club and not, not not the fake word community but you know like, oh. you know you're actually doing it the right way so you know i mean that that leads to long term success uh, no, no, no matter what result you get against us i mean you're doing all the right things there i mean where where do you see like, say for, i mean i know it's difficult to say that now but where do you see yourself this season where do you think you're going to be fighting for the playoff spots and top side, or what we, I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm you're going to try. play it down. Obviously, like everyone does. But uh, now, nah, look, to be honest, we just got to keep some stability on the pitch. The club over the last ten years has changed the owner, I think, six times, or the chairman yeah. six times, not the owner. I think we've changed the manager eight times or seven times in that period. Um, I think just need some stability. Yeah. Like I say, since I've been here, we ain't played ten games in a row, so. I think it'd just be nice to keep a continuous group of players together, work on the training ground on a regular basis. At my previous clubs where we've had success, you've got to be somewhere three, four years to actually see it come to fruition. It can't be built overnight. You can't build football clubs on the sand. It just, it never works. It don't work at any level. Um, so I just think for us, we haven't really set any real stipulations to the players um, because the players have played one game together and that's it. That's the first game of the season. They ain't even played one pre-season game together. So I think in 10, 12 games, we'll start to get yeah. an idea of where the league's at and then where we're at as well, because they've got to bed in. Like already this week in training, we look way in front of where we were a week ago. Um, hmm. And in six weeks, we'll be way in front of where we were. But I think look, we want to be in the right end of the table. Um, but there's another 20 managers that want to do the same, or 90 other managers that want to do the same. And there's a lot of, there's quite a lot of clubs now, like Tommy Warrell, like Ashford's been there a long time. Chris has obviously been there a long time. Ross, although he's only just gone in at White Oak, knows a lot of them players. He's brought yeah. a lot of the Lewis squad over there that they hadn't got promoted with. Um, Kevin Watson at Cray Valley's had them together for a, a long time now, been there five, six years. Mickey Collins has been at Seven Oaks for five or six years. Mm. Um, so, and that's just off the top of my head. So, Burgess Hill, Jay, Jay's been there two or three years now. Um, Hayward Heath, Sean's been there for 10 years across two periods. So you, you've got a lot of stability at a lot of the clubs um, with a similar group of players. So I think 
having not played for a, for a period of time, I think it's quite difficult to, to, to say it. But I think you can pick the top four or five teams based on that. Based like yourselves, Cray Valley, White Hawk, uh, Seven Oaks, Home Bay as well. Ben's been there three, four years now. Yeah, they're good. Um, with a similar group. Good side, yeah, right. good side. And it's not that's not a surprise. Um, and I think people. I never talk about people's budgets and stuff because I just think it's irrelevant. Like people go, "Oh yeah, but they got this, they got that." No one really knows. Um, it's just all hearsay. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, if a manager can get certain players to play for them at a certain club, regardless of how they get them there, if they stay there for a period of time, they obviously enjoy it. Mm. Um, the likes of Zach Anter and that, they could they could go loads of different places, but they don't. They stay playing for Ben and Ben. Mm. Fair play to him. Mm. Um, and the same with Chris. You know, I mean, you've got players that play there, so I think. Yeah, I think the league, I think in 10 games, you'll get a little bit of an idea, but I think normally you'd say 10 games. This year, you might say 15, because there's a lot of players in our league that ain't played any football for 18 months. Um, So, yeah, I think, but for us, it's continuity, that's the key. It's not where do we finish, can we drive, like, I think it's more, this group of players needs to be together at the end of the season. And if it is, I'm confident we'll be, in, in the right position in the league. Very good luck to you. And obviously, good luck tomorrow uh, in the Cup. Um, and I will look forward to coming along on the Saturday. Experiencing the Southwood Stadium. Obviously, yeah. there's places to go for a beer. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm it's happy. But no, no, absolute pleasure, Matt. And uh, all the best for the season as well. No, great stuff. No worries. Well, cheers, Thanks, mate. Matt. Thanks for your cheers, time. Mate. Here's Rice Eagle getting the thoughts of Billy Wood pre- and post-match after yet another great display, this time against Meridian. It is pre-match before the opening day of the season when Hastings United women take on Meridian. And I'm here, as always, with the wonderful Billy Wood. So, Billy, what is the atmosphere like amongst the players and the staff ahead of the league opener today? I think everyone's excited to get started. I think um, the trick is going from pre-season to competitive football and making sure the girls are prepared for that. And I think we've done the nice little touches that make sure that they're they're ready, uh, ready and f- ready to fire today. Uh, no excuses. We, we. I think our ambitions are clear for everyone. We want to, want to, you know, we want to be challenging in this league. We want to be up there at the end of the season. And the best way to do that is to to get off to a winning start today against Meridian, a team that we don't really know much about, Ryan. To be honest, we've had a little bit of inside knowledge, but not enough still. However, the excitement and the confidence within the squad at the moment is is probably at an all-time high for the, for the women's section. And we can take it into today and hopefully um, get a positive result. How much of an advantage do you feel it is to start this season at home where you're going to get more fans, you're on a turf you're more familiar with? How much of an advantage does that give you on the opening day? I think the pilot field is somewhere people either relish to come or absolutely fear to come so number one I think there's a couple of decent setups in in this league but I think our pitch is probably the best I think it suits us because we like to play football and we know our pitch better than anyone else I think having supporters here is massive and I think having that 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 regular support has been it's been brilliant for the club so far and and hopefully that that probably go up and down throughout the years. I'm not uh, throughout the the season. I'm not expecting us to get two three hundred every game. We might get fifty today. Might get one hundred and fifty today. You just don't know. But what I do know is being at home 
is is a massive advantage no matter what, especially for us use. Thank you, Billy Wood. And so you've got a very strong team, a very good squad depth, yeah. and you've experimented with a number of different tactics in pre-season. So yeah. coming into this year, are you set in what you've got to do? Are you confident that if that doesn't work, you've got a plan B? How happy are you with what we've learned in pre-season ahead of this year? I think pre-season has been great in the sense that we've tried two or three different things um, before we think two or three systems actually work. We've got the, the tactical nous in the team to, to change the system if we need to. The selection is the biggest headache because we have got a squad of 19 and you can only name in the league 16 players every game. So there's always going to be three disappointed. Now, there will be injuries and there are. For example, Rosie and Dom both miss out today due to injury. But if you look at the, the starting 11 today, it's it's missing probably on our best player. Well, actually, I would say, in my opinion, top three players last season um, in Sophie Reed. You know, she misses out today, um, basically because we we don't think she's ready. Uh, she's still a hugely important player, both on and off the pitch for us. But that's the greatness of the squad depth for you. So you can you can take that decision. When last season, I have to be frank. We're making decisions and, and patching people up and throwing them on the pitch 60% fit to get through games. We don't have to do that at the moment because we have that squad depth. And with that squad depth, let's just hope that um, we can deliver the results that everyone's gearing us up for. And that was Billy Wood. Oh, isn't he lovely? It is post-match after a resounding victory to start the season for the U's. And I'm, of course, with Billy Wood. Billy... Coming out of that, how does it feel to start the season on such a high? It's great to win 10-0, but I'm not really on a high from that. I don't think that was any challenge, any real challenge point for us as a team. And in fact, the, the bit I'm disappointed about is the fact that we come to, sometimes stooped down and played at that level. So we let that, we let the game kind of just drop really. So we didn't keep our standards for 90 minutes, which will be addressed and has been kind of already addressed with the girls. And and that's got to improve for next week. We can't, whilst I understand that when you go 5-0, 6-0, 7 it's hard to be concentrating throughout um, and also kind of take your foot off, have, you know, wild shots and and, and try things differently because you, you know, you, you, the result's in the back. But we can't do that if we want to be challenging up the top of the table, we've got to be more clinical. And I sound like I sound like I'm upset with, with a ten nil win, but I'm not upset. It's just I think we can we can do better. And also, you managed to use all the squad today, all of the players and all the subs named. Yeah. How important do you think squad rotation was today and will be over the course of this season? I think most of the players can do the job that's asked of them. With Nicole being injured pretty early on. Loses a bit of our pace on that wing. I think Minnie Shepard done incredible today. She really excelled when she came on. She didn't look out of place. She, she did a job both at left wing. And then when she went to left back later on in the game, I think she'd done fantastic there too. Just a very composed composed um, player, really. And I think um, she's been a, she's going to be a, a big asset for us going forward. So, look, she started on the bench today. Um, Sophie Reed came on. was fantastic for, a half, um, for 45 minutes today. You know what you're going to get from Lauren Sharp, you know, completely steady, does exactly what she's t- uh, told to do in her position and delivers. So we know, we know it's there. Faye got on the score sheet today and Holly, I think Holly's attitude in the team is fantastic. I think she 
we forget that she's 16. I think we we forget because she played such an integral role of, of last season. And this year it's going to be a bit tougher for her in the sense that there's there's more competition for places. But she came on today, composed, passed the ball well, looked after it. They never looked a threat in behind um, as she plays centre-back today with, with Sophie. And um, yeah, so on that note, squad rotation is important. But also it, we've got to hit our stride and, and, and we've got to do better next week against Hambo. As we've alluded to in previous interviews, there isn't a whole lot to learn from victories like this. And I think given today's result, it's fair to say that the challenge of Herne Bay next week is going to be much larger. It's going to be a much more difficult game. So after a day like this to start the season, how important is it to get the players into that mindset of knowing that things are going to get much tougher, much quicker? I think the players will know what's expected of them. I think it's sometimes less is more. You don't need to... Just holler and holler and holler at these girls. They're, they're, they're an intelligent bunch of footballers, really. I think a 10-0 win. In the, if you're in this league, you're looking at going, caught bloody hell. Hastings are uh, going to be up there, uh, which is not really fair on, on Meridian, who in times did well, but last 45 minutes was so frustrating, right? Every time the ball went out, it felt like the ball was out for five minutes. They didn't want to play. And sad, really, to see, but... I think that's got to be a credit to our girls that they didn't want to play us. Simple as that. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Billy Wood. I was very much looking forward to getting a bit of white alt talk from Dick Lanford. Unfortunately, he's been poorly and I'm hoping he's made a speedy recovery as he got a bit of the COVID. We were going to talk a little bit of Whitehawk before our game on Monday and a lot of Whitehawk the musical. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to stick the links on the podcast, on the Facebook, and try and push it a little bit for him. I'm more Blood Brothers or West Side Story myself, but Dick, along with Ollie Learmouth, Eve Plumridge, and Simon Odds and Evens, have put this together. Have a listen in the links provided. Give us some feedback, and also give them some feedback. I'm sure they like it. And now we have the always fabulous Fan Roundtable. Thank you to Robbie Clifford and George Gasson for making it happen. Right, where is he? I see his name. I'm here. Well, why I'm don't here. you speak, you git? I was listening, waiting for you to talk about me. <laughs> no, no, I t- hey, always I talk directly to you. Anyway, I have the absolute honour and privilege of the wonderful George Gasson and Roberto Clifford. Is it all right you to call be- you Roberto Clifford? If you want. Um, yeah. Bit too European for my liking, but... <laughs> hey, you're not going to get into a Brexit conversation here, are we? Right. The... The, these wonderful gentlemen uh, have come in on the fan round table for me. Uh, I was unable to make the game as I was being a dutiful husband. So uh, these gentlemen are going to fill us in on all the wonderful stuff that happened at the Beckenham Cup game. Starting well, with you, George. Well, those of us that weren't massively whipped uh, had a great day out of the football yesterday. Um, just, a, just a lovely cup tie. Um the ground, was, the ground was really nice, like for a step five ground. Uh, the facilities were good. Um, decent crowd because of loads of Hastings travels. Um, we played well. I feel like we, we started to click. Dixon was absolutely brilliant in the middle of the park. Um, just, yeah, just so, so many positives. I'm sure Robbie will have more details about the game. He's usually a bit more... What is he a bit you more what? <sighs> he really wasn't trying I don't know, I just feel like Rob, Rob remembers details of games better than I do. See, you spent the whole game trying to get your Norrie Scott chant started. 
So. The Norris Scott chant is brilliant. That is going to be a classic. What is the Norris Scott chant? Oh, it's to the tune of um, Yes, So I Can Boogie. Oh, I like, Can Boogie. Yeah, well, go on. So yeah, sing. Yeah. Oh, Nori, he's scoring and he'll pass in triangles. Oh, Nori, 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 score. Like that, yeah. As long so as it's not in... Nori all night long, because I'll worry about it eventually. No, no, no. Obviously, it's a genius song because it references triangles, him being from Bermuda. So you got to, it's just genius. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hey, it's, first time I've heard right. in a while. Yeah, oh, this, this yeah. level of but, this level of songwriting. Yeah, I mean, step step four. Just, I mean, we, we we wrote it outside a pub around a bridge. <laughs> you you couldn't tell really. You'd think really this took weeks, months to prepare. Yeah. But it just, it just five, it was two minutes. We created two different chants. You wouldn't. Well, you they, wouldn't think. The best tunes get made like that. The best tunes. I remember uh, Albuquerque. You know that song, Hot Dog Jumping Frog? You remember that one? No, too, we're too young, mate. 80s, 80s tune, yeah. Hot Dog Jumping <laughs> yeah. Frog, Albuquerque. Bloke, he, as you said, he, got, he made loads of money. It was, um, I can't remember the band's name, but he made loads of money off it. And um, anyone that's old like me would remember it. And uh, he, he wrote it on a bus ride. He was on a bus for about six stops. And he was looking out the window and he saw something about Albuquerque and he just wrote a load of old nonsense down and made loads of money. So it's, I mean, destiny awaits for you, George. Well, just a note to any any potential potential listener, if you want details on the match, I would suggest reading Bob Quinn's match report because um, we're going to talk shit for the duration of this round table <laughs> and it will provide you with no information about the game whatsoever. Oh, dear. Ye of little faith. So, Robbie, you're going to give us a bit of info on this game. So, 3 uh, looked looks comfortable to me from the very limited Twitter that I saw. So, please fill us in. Uh, well, obviously, just to mention, obviously, you were being a dutiful husband yesterday, but Nick Blue was playing for the opposition, and he famously played on his anniversary against us. So, I'm just saying, <laughs> there's people a bit more committed to football than you. Just saying. Um, <laughs> But it was yeah, it was a very solid, bigger team cup performance. You were the bigger team, a step above them, and I think we showed it by controlling the game. They were up for it early in the game, but they tried to cause us trouble. We were solid at the back. They didn't have any clear cut chances, any half chances. Everything they put in the box didn't threaten us, and we always earned out. I think Martin on the left wing, you know, the left wing he played dominant because every time defender would clear it, Dicko get the ball out to Martin. And suddenly he's drawing three three defenders back to try, try and cover him. Really good performance from him. Three ones from everyone actually. I say lovely goal. Hasler's goal was lovely. Really worked. Great finish from him. Um, he's I think he's coming to the dome a bit sort of thing. Pre-season I was like, let's switch, see, see what he's like. He can get the ball away a couple of times, but that, that game he seemed very solid, very good player, and I think he would do a good job for us this season. Um, it was the second goal. Okay, now this. <laughs> Tom, Tom Thomas, Thomas. Head Thomas. with his head with his yeah, head. Right. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I was too busy having a friendly conversation with the ref at the time. Um, <laughs> uh, so the corner came in, the looping header. Yeah, it was a. It was, actually, we all looked dangerous from corners as well. That we were putting in dangerous areas. They were defending well, but they obviously were panicked. And eventually, we got one good finish. And I think the third one after say silly, silly home red card. They didn't need it. And the third one, a bit lucky. Good, 
showing deflection in. Uh, yeah, red card. What did he get red card for? He kicked Dicko in the head. Dicko went what? Oh, all right. Dicko's so he was, ups- he was upset with Dicko's tackle. That's what happened. That is actually what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dicko, so they're breaking and, and Dicko's uh, putting the tackle, you know, take the yellow near the end of the game. Um, and yeah, they're both on the floor and he's just kicked out towards his face and it's like, why have you done that? I'd say it's pleasing because I think we've gone through a period in the past where we've not been up for it as much physically in terms of those battles. And it was a very physical game yesterday. And then we've been through a period where we were up for it, but getting sent off and getting yeah. caught up in all that nonsense happened probably like a season and a half ago. We had periods where players were getting sent off and it, putting us in a weak position in games. And now we've got that balance right where we're winning the physical battles. But the other team are getting frustrated and getting those red cards and bookings because we're winning those physical battles fairly. Um, so it's good to see. It's good to see that from the side. Just on the mention of that, I know that there was some whispers that maybe some of the dark arts of defending was being used in, in yesterday's game. Is this true, George? I mean, what a load of bollocks. <laughs> I mean, the... <laughs> I was looking at the pictures and I'm like, what What dark arts are defending? You know, because they... they, they oh. It was, going on in, it, it was going on in both boxes from both sets of players because it was a game of football. Right, that's it. Ref had no control of that game, to be fair. Yeah. Literally, both teams were doing it because the ref couldn't control it. He was letting... Mm. It was one of those games where the player dictated it and the ref could not keep control at all. He, Are you he, saying... He, he swayed from no contact, having the foul, to letting you jump in and that's not a foul at all. He couldn't make his mind up how he wanted the ref the game. I mean, I feel like their keeper summed it up um, when he said, it's, "He's at least he's consistent." Uh, you know, we said consistently shit, and we we could we could agree <laughs> there. But it just it one of those things like get at refs at this level, unless it's Matt Lareff, obviously he's a he's a genius and a legend Absol- of this absolute podcast. Legend. Um, no comment. Um, <laughs> it's just could be a two week ban for you, Robbie. And they're just, it was a, a weak ref, really. Um, you're just doing nothing about how, if you, it's the same at all levels, every single level, Premier League, County League, when there's that tussing in the box, you've either got to let it go or start booking people and giving penalties. Saying nothing's happened, nothing's happened, and then coming over and saying, I'm watching both of you. And then the same thing happens again. It's just tiresome, just get on with the game. If you're going to allow it, just say, right, we can push each other as yeah. much as you like. I'm not going to do anything rather than all this like pretending. It was fine. They, their defenders were doing it. Our defenders were doing it. Both sets of attackers were doing it. Get over it. 3 nil to Hastings. Nice. Anything else to add to the game, Robbie? Yeah, I feel that's pretty much it. it was, no, yeah. Good to see that. I was had a good chat to some of the players after. Talked to Lloyd Dawes. He said he hopes to be back for Monday in the Whitehawk game, actually. So. Oh, brilliant. That's a bit of good news on the horizon. We, we spoke to Warrell as well before the game. He seems to be doing well. Obviously, foot in a protective boot but much was injury last week but yeah he's optimistic what I was really happy about was that Ben Pope was playing because I was I was sure he'd be out because he did did seem to be favouring you know he did look injured last game and um, I mean did he last the 90 minutes I believe he did didn't he yeah he did play he played the whole game and he was fantastic as well just I think Bob mentioned it in his um, in his report that his, his hold-up play against two defenders was absolutely magnificent. And when you've got players like Sam Adams, 
Tom Chalmers, Dave Martin, who who are then in space because Pope's taking up two players. Mm. It's just it's just brilliant to see. And yeah, he didn't get a goal. He you know, had a couple of opportunities to score. Um, but he was one of our most influential players yesterday. And we I, I'm not sure it would have been so comfortable without him on the pitch. So great stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right, and guys, well, looking forward. Uh, this this podcast is going to come out just before the Ramsgate game. So looking forward to Ramsgate. Uh, I've just finished talking with the Ramsgate manager, who's a, a, a very nice bloke. Lots of nice things he said about Hastings. What, 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 what are we thinking here? I mean, it's quite early in the season. So I suppose it could be anyone's game. I mean, we've got to fancy our lot. Uh, you gentlemen have been to Ramsgate before, yeah? I've not. Oh, is I it George? You're George. Yeah, yeah, George has been there. I have a few times. Um, mm. They've got one of the best clubhouses in the league. Um, it's known for Hastings fans not making it quite out to the side of the pitch because the clubhouse is so good. Um, yeah, great for a day out, Ramsgate. Uh, we usually take quite a few fans. So if it's if it's people who don't often come away and fancy um, and fancy it as a maybe a first away game, it's, it's quite a good one. Uh, it's walkable from the train station as well. Um, yeah, nice part of the world. Their clubhouse is actually outside the ground, which is slightly odd, but you can still get there at half time. It's it's yeah, it's a good nice ground, nice people. They're a club on the up as well. They mm. did a lot. Um, the club, I know the club did a lot uh, for charity during uh, the time off from playing as well. So really, really quite a good club. They did. Um, there was a, an event they did where they walk in, did like a virtual walk, like between all the all the grounds in the Isthmian League. Uh, and they supported uh, not only their own local charity, but a local charity for each club in the Isthmian League um, and, and donated money there as well. So, yeah, top club. And they are on the up as well. So I think they'll be far more dangerous than they have been over the last couple of seasons. So not perhaps the 3-0 walkovers that we've had in previous years. So it could be, a, could be a close one. Definitely worth going and supporting Hastings. They'll definitely need our support over the weekend because we've got two games in 48 hours. So let's go and make some noise. Yeah. No, I know uh, Ramsgate have got something special going on that day as well. They're doing, um, you know, our under eights, under sevens, under tens, apparently. All of them are going over there doing like, a big tournament, but they're also laying on loads of uh, kiddie um, entertainment from midday. So they're obviously making a big day out of it. So, um, Brilliant. Which is good. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I was very impressed with them, to be honest. Um, and obviously we've got Whitehawk. Uh, has anyone got anything to say about Whitehawk? No, no, no. Hang on, um, right. Before you set, go any further, guys, the chant for Nori Scott is so good that my other half is, has put on Yes, So I Can Boogie in the kitchen and I can hear yeah. it. Well, it's a great song That's, anyway. Yeah, I I'll feel boogie, like, you know, boogie, when, all night long. You know, when someone does a cover and the original ends up in the charts, I feel mm. like that could happen for whoever <laughs> it was who wrote that. Yeah, so we could be making them. We cut the girls. Cut the girls. I can't remember the names. Watching, watching. Sorry, I just wanted to let yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, well done. Rather than an effect, we, the effect so, that we have outside of that. Unfortunately, of I was going to get Dick from Whitehawk uh, on the show, but he's got COVID. Uh, and he is the person that's helped write the Whitehawk musical. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, and what we'll do, I will put some info up about that Whitehawk musical. But also, uh, I've just been contacted uh, yesterday uh, after the article in the Supporters Club article in the um, Observer, from a Tony who um, they called what are they called, what did I say they were called again, Robbie? Uh, say the Pilot Fields Association, yeah. or something like Basically, that. Basically, 
basically like a save the pilot field thing. And and because I put in this article about the pilot field is a special place, mm. he, he's got in contact. Apparently, they talk, he spoke with the MP yesterday. Yeah, they're meeting right. up with they're, they're, they're meeting up with councillors. They're, they're meeting up with councillors. So I don't know how serious. So they so they want so they don't want the stadium. They to don't go. want us to move. They don't want us. So to move. does that mean they're going to provide financial backing to rebuild the stadium because that stand needs to go? Um, are they going to refurbish and rebuild the stands and support the club? Well, I'm gonna... town going forward, or are they just against any change? Well, that's something that, that we need to know. Yeah, well, that, that, well, that was the thing. Well, I'm going to try and get them on next week and talk to them. And um, it'd be interesting I, to hear what they, what they yeah, think yeah, because really. you know me, big believer, freedom of speech. And but yeah, so I'm going to try and get that in. So that could that could be interesting. That could be interesting because, like, okay, you know, I think I think we're all of the thing of. I like. I really love the pilot field, but if it isn't cost effective, if it isn't, you know, if it ain't going to work, and we got to be real, and and reality is that, according to what I've heard, yeah, that we we don't have the money to keep this going, and it needs a major redevelopment. You know, then that's 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 what the way we're going to have to go. We're going to have to move. Yeah, I mean, that seems. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are very attached to the pilot field. No, you know, us included. No, no, no. It's, but it's, but is it if there are people who are providing genuine alternatives for the football club and don't just that's want it, it there because it's a statue? Um, uh, that's the problem. There's a lot at the oh, moment. Of, George, you're do, all about pulling statues down. You are. There's, well, there's a lot of people who are, oh, we need to do this, but they've got no way of actually doing it. In any yeah. all walk of life, so it'd be interesting to see if they've got genuine plans that can maintain the football club and sport facilities in the town at Elphinstone Road. Agreed. Well, than, yeah. well, well, what about if just as a thing? What about if we were to try and get a roundtable where this person's on? Because it'd be interesting. Because it'd been, I think it'd be quite interesting for from someone coming from a, that sort of point of view. I mean, I'd love us to stay at the pilot field. We we'll sort that out. But uh, okay, right. So moving on from that, so we'll we'll stick that in, and I'll I'll try and because that would be I think that would be really interesting. If we could get a number of us on. Anything else? Anything else we can think of? Uh, there's a pub in London Bridge that sells Harvey's. This is this is the biggest oh, news you, of the week. You, okay, and you need to name the pub then for the purposes the King, of it's, it's in the old it's the old King's Head, yeah. opposite Borough Market, down a little side street, and it's brilliant. And it shows the football as well. Um, Borough Market, yeah, good. You get a massive ass pork pie. I got a nice like, pork Biggest pie, pork pie I've ever seen. A p- yeah. pint of Harvey's. Life was good. But yeah, draws draws Monday. I want Lewis away. Yeah. Oh, oh that would be nice. That'd be good. Uh, Town Middlesex. They, they've got a replay. Got to happen last uh, time. Well, wouldn't it be a shame if they got knocked out? It would be a crying shame. Not fast about getting them. We've already, yeah. already beaten them. So, oh, Herm Bay lost. To Bedford Sports. Yeah. Same level, I think. It will be exactly. interesting to see. Obviously, Whitehawk are already through. Not sure if they've got the prize money, but they're already, they've got a buy. So, yeah, they've got a buy. It'll be interesting to see whether some clubs want to be in the FA Cup or they're going to focus on the league. Because, um, obviously, the prize money is worth having more from the cup than it is from the trophy. It'll be interesting to see what teams have that balance. I've heard that Herne Bay aren't short of money. So, them being out might not hurt them so much. But yeah, it was worth a gra- worth a ground yesterday. 
this go through. Oh, love so, a cup, love a cup run, love well, a cup. That's, that's what you remember. Thing. Yeah, I want, a, I want away games. I just want, I love being at the pilot field, but I just love away games. So right, away would be great. Okay, well, uh, all right, boys. Well, listen, thanks for coming on. But well, that'd be it. Would be Ramsgate, wouldn't it? Yeah, so we're Ramsgate. going down from Leeds for Ramsgate, so oh. we'll be down at the ground late. You okay. get reduced, you get reduced or free entry or something. It's free entry, NHS. Oh, do I? It, I look at so, yeah. it, see out there. Yes. You just need to sh- go on the website. You can. Oh, there are tickets already available for Ramsgate on their website. Um, so um, yeah, going to go up Friday. Oh, it's already. You can already buy tickets in advance. So we can put nice a one. link underneath, underneath the podcast on Twitter. Yeah, for the we'll do, we'll do. See ya. Have a good week. Yeah. Oh, see you around yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for another week, Hastings fans. It's a bumper bank holiday weekend of football against some top sides. Remember, as I say every week, if you want to get involved with the show or if you just want to leave some feedback, our email is hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter at hufcpodcast. We also have a YouTube channel that's full of separate interviews as well as all the episodes. And if you can, give it a like, comment or share. But please subscribe. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game.